What is up on my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and we are doing another presentation-styled episode today, and I am super excited about it because we are going to go over the topic of knee pain. Um, I think for the most part, all of us have probably, you know, experienced some sort of knee pain, knee discomfort, something to do with our knees. And it can go from, you know, some sort of impact injury, um, as simple as like you like losing your balance and fucking falling onto your knee, um, to a point where you walk a corner too fast and hit the coffee table really fucking hard and you end up falling over and, you know, being super, super exaggerating of how (laughs) terrible that was to playing a sport, getting you know, cut by the side and tearing something or simply you start running and your knees start fucking hurting for some reason. So we're going to kind of go over the things that I see at least um, in a clinical setting and also from a training setting and what I do about it. Um, To kind of begin, we're going to start off with anatomy, of course, because that's what you do. And... um, I'm going to have to do a screen share. Every time I do this, I uh, always forget how to do this. All right. Screen share. Make this bigger somewhat. And I'm also going to make my self bigger so you guys can see my beautiful face. All right. Well, this image is kind of small, but... I'm going to do my best. And for those who are listening, 100% hit the show notes and um, watch this video because we're going to go through anatomy. We're going to be going through exercises that you should be doing. And, you know, I will be trying to try to be as descriptive as possible, but um, it's always better in video, which reminds me, if you guys have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? join the other 355 people that watch and support me because my goal for 2022 is actually to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube because I want to start doing more stuff like this, more video stuff, more um, visual stuff. So if you haven't done so already, hit the show notes and watch and subscribe. Okay, so let's go into this thing. So this is our knee joint from the front view, from the side view, and from the back. So the big um, patella, the big bony thing in front of you um, is part of the knee joint. And it kind of just floats on top. Cause like if you um, have your leg extended, but not like to a point where you're extending, where you're activating like your quad muscles, you can actually move your tibia back and forth for just to see if you actually have movement. And a lot of times when people have a stiff patella, then that kind of leads to not the greatest sensations in your knees when you start running or doing any kind of single leg work. Um, Or even when it comes to, you know, you just had an ACL surgery or any kind of surgery around your knee, your patella is not tracking the way it should then it could just be like some scar tissue stuff and you need to work that out but there should be some movement with the patella um that being said 
um, it kind of floats on top and it's supported by a lot of like tendinous and ligamental um, structures to keep it where it is. And then you have your shin bone called your tibia. So if you imagine, I can get my knee up here. Um, wow, this is actually pretty good. Um, so my patella right dead center. And then my tibia, this big bony thing is right here. And then we have something called your fibula, fibula, which is actually not in here, but it's this guy right here pointing with my little mouse uh, cruiser there. And it's the little bony part on the outside of your knee. And the reason why this is all important is that when you walk, squat, your tibia can actually move back and forth. And you can kind of see, I'm literally just doing internal and external rotation of my tibia. And if I have with me, sorry guys, I'm trying to get more of a visual. I might not, ooh, maybe this will work. I was looking for a sticky note, but this, and hopefully this works. I'm totally just hoping that it works. So I have this little paper clip. Um, it's not gonna work and you might have to do it a little bit further down. I just love when I come up with random shit and you can think that I'm full of shit, but hopefully this works out. Yes, okay. So the little paper clip that I have up here that I just cleverly put together um, represents where my tibia is. So right now it's pointing towards you. And if I think of rotating it to the right, and yes, your knee joint can rotate. It doesn't just, you know, extend and flex. So look at the origin of where my knee is or my tibia is. And now look at where it's pointing, not this way. And now I'm back to the center, out to the side, back to the center. So why is that important? Well, when you decide to squat, that tibia needs to be able to move. When you decide to run, that tibia needs to move. When you decide to do a lunge, that tibia needs to be able to move. When you deadlift, that tibia fucking moves. What happens when your tibia doesn't have that range of motion? Knee pain, ankle pain, hip pain. One of those three things can happen. And a lot of times when people say like, oh, my freaking knee hurts. I don't know why. Like I'm foam rolling every single day. I'm doing mo mobility, whatever that means. And I, like, I do this with everyone. I check tibial rotation because they don't have it. And they're telling me they're going to the gym three, four, five days a week or they're deadlifting and squatting all the time and their numbers are not going up. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're physically fighting your own like anatomy and biomechanics of how far you, you can take your body. And this is something people don't ever think about when they exercise. And all of us who go down this whole realm of like health and fitness, I want to lose weight. I'm going to start running. I'm going to start doing leg day. Cause that's what Instagram is telling me to do, but you're limited to what your knee joint itself can do, right? So this is important why you need to know anatomy. This is why it's really important to exercise selection 
and how to stay pain-free because we all know, um, and I've brought this up on my show so many times that, you know, in order for us to be successful, we need to have consistency, right? We need to have a certain amount of workouts every week. We need to have enough, you know, calories burned, but you can't do those things if you're constantly dealing with knee pain. And it can be as something as simple as like, just get more range of motion of, you know, your tibia. Like it's not rocket science. So now the question becomes, well, how do I get more range? And when you look at, you know, like say the definition or a description of what a joint is, we all know that joints are designed to move. So then the next question becomes, when was the last time you moved your tibia? And most people look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. And, you know, again, I'm biased, kin stretch instructor, huge fan of Dr. Andrew Espina's work, but it makes sense to me. Like if you don't use a joint the way it's designed, then you're not going to like maintain its function. If I take my elbow and keep it like this every day for the next year, it's probably not going to be that great to extend it to where it's supposed to go. Right. So same thing goes with your knee. If you don't practice what it's capable of, it's never going to give you those options and sure in hell won't give you the option to do so when it comes to a squat, like a back squat, where you fucking have a barbell loaded onto your spine and you're just hoping for the best when you're trying to do 195 pounds. So let's get into some exercises, which I've done before. Um, for this one specifically, but we're going to go over knee cars. Hopefully I have a good video. So here's one um, exercise. We're going to probably go through all of my cars exercises that I have. Come on, full screen, do your thing. All right. So I've brought this up before. So we're literally doing the thing that I did uh, showed you earlier with my own leg. And I'm, we're just going from external to internal rotation. Right. And you can literally see like, actually this guy right here, fibular head, but we were looking at before as I changed my side, but yeah, we're just going back and forth. And the key thing here is like, look at the angle of my ankle. If I had my foot out straight, then I wouldn't really get that much rotation. And I don't know why I pressed play, but yeah, I wouldn't be able to get enough rotation having my foot in plantar flexion. That's why I need to make sure the ankle is locked out. So then you can move primarily just through the tibia. That's one option. Now, going back to my previous statement of, you know, if I don't use my joint the way it's designed and I limit, you know, it to, in this case, being in a flex position, knowing that my knee can also extend, then I'm leaving a lot on the table. So what you do is also practice knee cars with um, extension and flexion. And I think this is a video where I talk or maybe not. Okay, good. So I'm going to flexion, going back up to extension and I'm doing tibial rotation in that extended position because your knee can do that, which again, should be part of normal knee function. So something like this is for me, I do every single day as part of like, you know, my warm up routine, um, or even before my kin stretch or 
if I'm back squatting or doing lunges that day in my workout, then I'm going to do this as my warm up, right? So there's ways to also isolate um, that motion. And a couple of them is this guy. Come on, load, 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 load. All right, so I have a yoga block in between my knee. And now you can see that I'm going back and forth between external and internal rotation. And it's something that, you know, most people can do. It's a different position you're standing rather than seated. Um, something to play around with. But if I had someone with a really, really sticky um, tibia that does not move, then we need to do some pails and rails. So I have done a lot of content on pails and rails. So I'm not going to go over that in depth, um, but it's important to note that pails and rails is the magic sauce when it comes to creating tissue change. So I literally have put my tibia in a externally rotated position and I have a full stretch. So in this sense, and this can be a little bit aggressive for most people, like it's a yoga block, it's quite big. So you might want to start with something smaller. And I'm literally just holding that for about two minutes. After the two minutes, we're going to start doing our pails and rails contractions where we're force feeding our nervous system at a cellular level to influence the tissue for change. So now I'm pushing my foot down into this block as hard as I can to affect all the tissue at the top here of my shin. After that, I'm going to do the opposite where I'm going to try to drive the toe off it, which is going to be impossible because I'm at my end range. But now I'm creating an isometric traction on the other side of my tibia and all the tissue underneath. So now I have some tools in my toolbox to create better moving, um, a better moving knee joint essentially. But the other thing that people don't think about a lot, and this happens a lot in the clinic, people come in with knee pain and they're like, I need your help. I need you to help treat the knee. But then our practitioners and myself included, when we assess the person, I would say 9.9 .9 times out of 10, when it comes to um, knee pain, you check their hips and their hip mobility is terrible. So let's look at, there it is. Full screen this, yes. Such a better photo. Okay, front of the leg here. The big thing is look at all this white stuff, right? At a certain point, all these muscles that run from the hip coming down blend in with each other. For those who've done a cadaver lab or have seen cadaver dissections, if you were to have this section in front of you getting really close to the knee, it's going to be really, really difficult to figure out you know, which one is the IT band, which one is the rectus femoris, which one is the satorius, what, where, like, which one is which, 
because they all blend in together. And this is the whole like concept of bioflow um, when it comes to movement and how everything is literally integrated with each other. Yes, there are separate muscles, but they all intertwine with each other at certain joints, especially from the hip to the knee, in my opinion. A couple things that I always see is people will get, say, pain in the front of their knee, right? But again, look, look at all the stuff that blends into this one area. Uh, there's a lot. So if somebody has a tight hip and they have these muscles that run all the way down to the knee, then the line of pull from here to here is going to start tightening up. So sure as shit, your knee is not going to feel good if all this stuff is constantly tight, aka you sitting every single day and being inactive, right? The other thing too is people will start running and their IT band gets super tight. And again, the IT band is designed to be tight, but for most part, we all sit. You already have tight hips, tight quads, and now you start running where literally the motion of running every time you, you know, do a stride and your foot goes down to the ground, all of your quad muscles are designed to prevent your knee from hyperextending and popping out of place. So every foot contact with your body weight of say anywhere from 150 to 250 pounds needs to be stopped multiple times like in a mild amount of foot contacts per leg is around 1500 like holy shit that's a lot of work for all these muscles to prevent your knee from doing that right so you're taking this individual or yourself um with a really 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 tight um hip and tight quads and now you're adding this sure yeah your it band's going to get overworked and stay even tighter because it's trying to do its job but now you're just kind of fueling the fire with more gasoline on it and you got knee pain. But now imagine you have this other muscle, which is super important in my opinion, called your satorius. It starts from the hip and works its way down all the way to the inside of the knee, wraps around to the front. If you're telling me that your hip has no influence on how this knee feels, fuck. So for me, when I do kin stretch, the, what's really interesting is seeing how people's bodies have adapted. And when I do any adductor work, because the sartorius is an adductor and a hip flexor. So when I do those two motions with people's hips, they're really weak, really, really weak. And what happens in our body is when something is weak, something else has to make up for it. And usually we'll make something else tight to compensate for it. So we have all these things that are working against us. And we're surprised when our knee starts hurting, right? Like I'm literally just scratching the surface on all of this stuff because I can talk forever on hip mobility, knee pain, knee motion, things like that. So to kind of make it simple, if this hip does not move, then the motion that is necessary for you back squatting or running or walking is going to have to be made up from either the knee and worse yet, the fucking lower back. 
which is another joint that's not meant to have so much range of motion. It's meant to be stable, right? So that's how our, how our body works is if one segment or one area doesn't move the way it should, the thing above or below it is going to have to do more work. Now, the other thing, and I don't have a photo of this, um, or actually, you know what, let's, let's do this. Cause I want to quickly get into, we're going to have to take a little trip down to Facebook land. Uh, da, 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 da. And if you don't follow me on Facebook, you hundred percent should. I posted actually a couple days ago on the ankle. Yes. I love when things work out. So remember how we were looking at the knee, the tibia, which is right here. Now, remember how it's supposed to rotate. What if this joint here, your ankle, doesn't move as well as it should? Now, if you think when you squat and you're descending down, your tibia doesn't stay upright like this. It has to go forward into an angle where your knee almost goes in line with your toes. So what if this joint, like your talus, doesn't move and glide the way it should, and you get to a certain sticking point, and that's as far as it can go. And where is the made-up um, range of motion going to come from? Probably your knee. Probably your hips. What if your hips also suck? And you're literally just jamming force into your knee joint. That shit's going to hurt too over time. Right. This is the other thing that people don't think about is like, do I have adequate ankle mobility? Maybe, maybe not. So we have that. The other thing I wanted to go over to is another photo of anatomy of the knee. And let's look at this. So we talked about the tibia, talked about the fibula and the patella. But now in this knee, we have all these you know, you have your meniscus, all the cartilage, you have your ligament and everything else. So again, this can be another huge, huge, huge topic, but um, one of the major injuries that I've seen is an ACL tear. And when people get um, surgery done, the number one thing they need to do is one, go through the whole, you know, physio um, initial steps from the hospital that allows you to get discharged and, you know, go home and then start doing your rehab and physio, but regaining um, extension. So remember how I said how our quads are responsible to ensure that you don't go into hyper extension with your knee, but when you get an ACL um surgery, it's really difficult to get extension back. And when you think about it, like we need to be able to extend our knee and people will say like, sometimes it just feels like locked or stuck and it can't move any further. So learning how to regain extension in a safe environment, and I'm not saying that you should do this on your own. This is where you need to hire a professional or someone like me who understands anatomy and movement to help regain that mobility. But a lot of times when people do their rehab and physio half-assed, they don't get that back. 
And then they have this weird feeling of instability in the knee and they feel like it's just going to pop out. And then the joke in my industry is like, when you meet someone with an ACL tear, you ask them when's the second time you tore your ACL, because usually the people don't become, you know, diligent with their rehab and movement prep when it comes to regaining range of motion in their knee, they kind of just like settle it because what do we do most of the time? What I'm doing right now, sitting, I'm having my knee in a position of like 90 degree of flexion and I'm not going to extend. Like, I don't know for, for you guys, like when I'm sitting, watching a movie in the theater, like I can lean back and just extend my legs all the time. Cause then my knees just like feel terrible if I don't extend them. But I think I'm going to leave it at that because that we've talked a lot or we didn't, I did. Um, I'm going to try to get off the screen share. There we go. Okay. So knee pain, huge contributors are your hip mobility and ankles. If you indirectly influence those two things, your knees are going to feel better. The analogy I give all the time to clients and patients is imagine if, you know, you're looking at my ceiling right here and you see this huge, like stain, you're like, okay, that's, that's water. Would you as a homeowner or a renter, obviously you're not going to, never mind. I was going to go on a weird tangent. Um, You wouldn't be like, oh, well, I'm just going to patch that up and it's going to be good because we all know that a month from now, you're going to see the same thing and it's going to get worse. So when we see that there's that circle of water damage, we right away know, okay, well, above that ceiling, there's something that is causing that leak. So we're going to have to open up the ceiling and fix it and then repatch the ceiling. Our bodies are the same thing. If my knee hurts, I'm not going to just go treat the knee because most likely the thing above it is causing um, the pain. So my goal, I guess, with this episode is not only is it to help educate about knee pain, but to go seek out individuals and professionals like myself that have experience to help you through it. Because a lot of times it's not just, I'm just gonna you know rock tape or put a brace on my knee and foam roll the shit out of my IT band. It's other things that you need to be more proactive with and choosing exercises that you may not be able to do just yet that will help improve the you know amount of force being put down onto your knees. So I'm gonna end it there. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you have any more questions about um, knee pain, hip pain, ankle pain, any any joint really, feel free to reach out, um, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, hit the show notes and watch this episode and also subscribe to my channel. Keep an eye and ear out for my new book. I'm almost done. I'm just putting it all together, all the finishing touches that are super annoying and not fun like when I was writing it but uh, the new year I'm going to drop my book The Ironclad Body Training System Volume 2 that is it for me you guys until next time